Lord, where do we start? Let's go to 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. Would you all give our media team a big hand? These guys have been working overtime. Jonathan in the back and Pete and Luke and the whole gang. The behind the scenes, they have been working diligently. This is a, a, a famous pap, uh, portion of Scripture. Will you all let me go a little slow this morning? I sometimes get up here and I look at the clock and I, I want to... You know, I want to be conscious of everybody's time, but if you'll just give me a minute and let's just go a little bit slower, I promise you I won't keep you long. Not Pastor Tracy long. <laughs> I love him. I'm going to make two statements and go to two scriptures, and you never get to those two scriptures. Amen with Brother Tracy. We start like, okay, we're going to start in Ephesians 1, and you never go to Ephesians 1, man. You just, four days going to another path. Thank you, Lord. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4 says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater, say greater, than he who is in the world. Out of the Passion Translation, it says, Little children, you can be certain that you belong to God. And have conquered them. For the one who is living in you is far greater than the one who is in the world. Now, who is in the world? Who's in the world? Who are we greater of in the world? We are greater than the devil in the world. But another translation for that word is culture. Greater is he that is in me than the culture that is in the world. What's the culture of our world right now? It's evil. It's crazy. I mean, we are literally watching some of the craziest times. Let's just be real honest. Could we have ever fathomed two years ago what our world was going to look like today? Could we have fathomed what one little you know, germ with a bat. And look where we are today. Look at the lives that it's cost. Look at the, the money that's gone into it. Look at, look at how it has fundamentally changed the way that we work, that we go to school, that we do transactions. I think the virus was started by Amazon because they're the ones that are making the most out of this whole deal. I'm just kidding, Amazon, Mr. Bezos, just kidding. But it has changed. It's changed the way that we interact with one another. It really has. And when I, when I did the transition and I was talking about faith, listen to me, I would never in a million years stand in this pulpit and tell somebody to never go to the doctor or to never not get vaccinated. I would never, ever, ever do that. What I would say is, is that whatever you're going to do, you need to do it in faith. Isn't that the wise way of doing it? Doesn't wisdom say that? So don't get caught up in absolutes. Well, I'll never do that because of this. That's not God. Amen? Each and every one of us has to be spirit-led about what we do. Amen? 
And how you get led might be different than how somebody else gets led because they have a different set of circumstances around them than what you do. Amen? But the most important thing I can do is to love everybody in the midst of it and not divide and judge because one person does one thing and another person does another. That's not my job. That's not your job. That's not anybody's job. Amen? We have to be spirit-led. Now, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And I want that to reverberate in your spirit this morning. I want you to be saying that when you leave here, when you get in the car, when you go to lunch, when you go to the grocery store, when you are walking, talking, whatever you're doing, I want us to be meditating on greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Because when I live like that from the inside out, that means that no matter what I come in contact with, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. We have to have that mindset. We are not just a bunch of victims waiting to go be a statistic somewhere. I am living my life on purpose. I am living an intentional life. And because I am living an intentional life, I have a purpose and a direction that the Holy Spirit is giving me. But I have to follow that voice. I have to follow that inward witness. So I've got to know that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Let's say it together. Greater is he that's in me than he is in the world. Do you believe it? Is there more God in you? Come on. If I told you that there was this giant sleeping giant inside of you, if you knew what you looked like in the spirit, if you knew the armor and the power that you've been endued with through the word of God, you would never see... When we showed the video and we showed those places and, and some of them were dangerous and some of them look hard, our flesh goes, I don't want to go there. It doesn't look fun. <laughs> it looks dangerous. But when you go into it with a mindset of greater is he that's in me, there's not a circumstance in the world that's greater than the God that's inside of you. There's not one situation that we're going through. And look, this COVID thing, I know people that have died. I had good friends of mine that I was with less than a year ago. One died of organ failure, and then the next day she died of it. It's very, very real. And so to, just to look at this thing as, as a conspiracy, I, I don't think that's wise to do. It's a very real thing, but I don't give it a greater place than it deserves. I still have to believe that greater is he that's in me than any man-made virus in the earth. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, because when I read my Bible, it says that Jesus took all of our stripes, all of our infirmities, all of our sicknesses, all of our illnesses, all of our diseases, and he carried them on his body, and he created an antibody that he gave to us, which means no matter 
what they cook up, and I don't care what lab and what part of the world, with a unicorn. <laughs> unicorn flu. Could you imagine? Get a point? Everybody get a horn? Oh, sorry. But I have to believe. Now listen to me. This is how we get to the point of greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. What happens is, is we're coming up against circumstances and things and when we come up to them, we, we either have a choice. We're either going to conform to them or we're going to transform them. We're either going to walk up to something and say, okay, well, that's just the way that it is, and that's what the news is saying, and how can all those men be wrong, and, and all these people are saying this, so it must be true. No. It means that when I come into any circumstance or any situation, I have to, by faith, look at it and say, Lord, what is the truth of this matter? The fact is, is that this is a very real thing. But the truth is, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Even if you went to the hospital, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Yes, it was very, very bad. It's affected our staff, our family, our friends, my father. You think anybody wants to see their loved ones in pain or suffering like that? No. But I have to believe Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I have to believe that. We have in us the power to overcome this world. You have in you right now. You're not waiting for something. You're not looking for something. Hands don't need to be laid upon you. There's not a special vitamin that you have to take in you right now is more than enough to take care of every situation and every circumstance in this world if we do it by faith and we do it God's way. How about this? Greater is the truth that's inside of me than all the deception that's in the world. I have more truth in me than all the deception that the enemy can produce. Folks, listen to me. If you know the truth, you are bulletproof. If you know the truth of God's word, nothing can hurt you, but you have to know the truth of it. What I think we're getting tested in is that maybe we had an opinion of the word in some areas. We had some thoughts about the word in some areas. We'd heard a lot of teaching about the word, but when we, when we went to put pressure on that word, we found out what we really believed. Does this word really work? Is the word greater than a pandemic? Is the truth greater than a fact? The fact is, is it's very real. But the truth is, greater is he that's in me. But listen to me. We have to make sure that our motives are right. God doesn't bless rebellion. And I can't just say, well, I'm a rebel and I'm never going to do this and you'll never take my rights and I have rights and all that. Good luck with that. Because that virus doesn't know the difference between rebellion. I have to go into it with the truth. I have to know that when I come face to face with this thing, that greater is he that's in me than he or any virus that's in the world. And I have to do the proper steps to make sure that that word in me comes out to attack that thing that's coming against me. 
I have to activate it and I have to use it on purpose and I have to use it like I would a sword or like a mechanic with a tool. I have to use it on purpose. I have to speak to it in Jesus' name. Greater is the faith inside of me than all the circumstances that can come against me. I have to know that no matter what we're going through, and listen to me, we have been taking hit after hit after hit of things that have been happening, of, of I mean, personally, I mean, my family, we went through the Tracy Harris meetings, we worked hard, we believed God, we went out to lunch and got into a wreck when we left lunch, got rear-ended. I mean, I'm saying there are things that are trying to happen to us right now that have never happened before. There is more resistance right now that we've ever dealt with before than before. But I have to believe that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. We have got to push back. We have to push back. And how do we push back, Pastor Jack? With the word. We have got to push back, not with our opinions, not with our wants, not with our wishes. We have to, on purpose, begin to step up and push back with the Word of God against whatever is coming against you. We are not just sheep. That, well, we just don't know what's going to happen. Lead us and there we'll go. No, 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 no. We have a choice. Say, I have a choice. First John 5, chapter 4. It says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. This is why it's so important for us to be developing our faith on a regular basis. And developing our faith while church is a part of it is not the sole source of your faith. Your faith is going to come by us, you, me, spending time in the Word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith is going to come by me letting that Word get into me to the point where it's able to change how I think and how I act and how I respond. I do not want to respond to this virus with fear. It feeds off of fear. And oh, by the way, COVID-19 is a spirit. And what it's trying to do, even with those that have had it, is trying to frighten those people into staying, look, I don't ever want that again. It's like people that went through the depression. Like my grandparents, they would like take the batteries out of the remote control when they weren't using it so they wouldn't waste them. You know, you clean out their house and they've got all the bread wrappers still and all the little twisty ties in a drawer. You know what I'm talking about? How many of those little butter dishes can you collect? Why do they do that? Why did they do that? Because they knew that they weren't going to have enough, so they had to hold on. Even when the depression was over, even when they had more than enough money, even when times were good, their mentality stayed in that depression time because they never wanted to go through that again. These hurricanes, and in the name of Jesus, can we just do this real quick? <sighs> Father, in the name of Jesus, we take authority over this hurricane, Ida, whatever its name is, we curse it at its root. 
Lord, I'm praying for a wind shear to cut the top off of this thing and for it to die, for it to, to lose power. We curse it at its root and we command it to cease, that there'll be no loss of life or property. We take our place, Lord, greater is he that's in us than any hurricane that's in the world. And we command it to loose its power and to be cast out into the ocean in Jesus' name. Amen? Jesus did not argue with the storm. Jesus didn't go and look at Channel 11 and get the track of the storm to track it. He just cursed it. Greater is he that's in me. See, somebody's going to get this this morning. And you're going to figure out and you're going to realize that you're the one that's had the power all the time. Quit waiting for something to happen. Quit waiting for someone to give you something. Quit waiting for a word from God. Here's your word today, 1 John 4, 4. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Now, does that mean that we're never going to go through anything or deal with any circumstances? Absolutely not. It's why it's in there, because we are going to go through things, and we are going to go through circumstances. But the thing is, is those things do not have to get inside of me. They can happen to me, but they do not have to change me. This virus is trying to change people that when you get a little sniffle or you feel a little bad, oh God, I don't want COVID again. I don't want to go through that again. It was too much. Greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. Amen. We cannot let any fear enter in. We can't, because that's how the virus feeds. It feeds off of fear. Second John 10. Second, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians 10. 2 John 10 would be good too. 2 Corinthians 10. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, verse 5, casting down arguments in every high thing that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Let me give it to you out of the passion. This is so good. For although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. That word stronghold, you know another word for stronghold? Rebellious castles. Any stronghold in our life is a rebellious castle. It's a part of our thinking or something that has not conformed itself to the Word of God. And we have to pull those things down. I cannot let my own thoughts, my own intellects, and my own opinions take a higher place than the Word of God. The Word of God has to be preeminent in my life. It has to be. I'm just trying to, I wrote this down. Is there any area that I'm thinking that I can think higher in? 
That's how I check myself. And my, and my finances, is there a way, Lord, can I think higher? Is there a way that I can think higher? When it comes to healing, Lord, is there a way that I can think higher? Lord, when it comes to the church, is there a way that I can think? I want to start thinking higher. I don't want to have my own opinions. I don't want to try and do this thing on my own. I don't want to try and work to make a church grow. Lord, you have a plan and a purpose for West Houston Christian Center. You know, Lord, what you want from this church. So, Lord, let me start thinking that way. Let me start thinking God's way instead of my way, and then your way will be a better way. But I have to think his way. And the only way for me to think his way is to read his words and let his words become my thoughts. When I let his words become my thoughts, now I am subject to change. Because now I'm thinking on a higher level. Now I'm thinking greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. There's a higher way. There's a better way of thinking. And if we all would just take our thoughts and run them through that, 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 that filter of faith, Lord, I, I'm stuck in an area. Well, that means that there's a rebellious castle there. Somebody said something about you. Someone did something to you. Somebody took something from you. And because you did that, you built this stronghold. And you've never been able to rise above it. And God is saying today, greater is he that's in me than any rebellious castle in your thoughts. We got to think higher. We got to think better. We got to start thinking the way that he thinks. We have to start speaking the way that he speaks. You know, there was a lot of times when Jesus didn't say anything. Oh, I would love to learn that. Sometimes the most powerful thing he ever did is he just, just stopped. Some people have a hard time with silence. They feel it must be filled with all their wonderful thoughts and opinions. You know, one of the most powerful things you can do sometimes is just shut up. Just get quiet. They came to Jesus with that woman they'd caught in adultery. And they were like, oh, we got him now. Jesus, we just found this woman. The law says that we need to stone her. What do you say? He just sat down, just started writing in the dirt. All their names and all the many times they'd been with that woman, that woman. And they all just begin to drop their stones and walk away. Sometimes your silence can be greater as he that's in you than he that's in the world. Sometimes Satan is trying to put you in a position to say something that he can use against you. Because he's wanting you to respond in fear. Oh, it's killing me. Oh, I'm going to die. Oh, don't say anything. Don't say anything. Don't give him any ammunition. Respond to him with the word, greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. Greater, 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 greater. Ephesians 6.13. And let me give you the greatest weapon, one of the greatest weapons that God has given us with his word, and that's the truth. Ephesians 6, 13 through 18, and we're talking about 
the armor that God has given us. When we say greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, we have to remember that he's given us this armor in the book of Ephesians. Amen? I would encourage each and every one of us to do a firm inventory of your armor. Before anybody ever goes to war or goes out to fight, they do an inventory of what they have. Do I have with me everything I need to go do this, what I'm about to do? And you don't want to leave your house without putting on the full armor of God. And the very first piece that he gives us is the belt of truth. Truth is the first piece of armor that he gives us. Truth is a belt with which everything else hangs. If you don't have the truth, the righteousness isn't going to work. The sword of the Spirit's not going to work. The shield of faith is not going to work. The helmet of salvation. If you don't have the truth, and that's why there is such an onslaught about the truth right now. You have to know that you know that you know the truth of God's Word in every, every situation. Is it God's will for you to be healed? Is it? How do you know? You got scriptures? Can you back it up? Amen. I know the truth of God's word when it comes to that. Is it God's will for you to be blessed? Where? How do we know that? Proverbs 10.22, the blessing of the Lord, it makes me rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. God doesn't give you money, then take it away to teach you something. That's so crazy. <clears throat> Lord, I don't want to, Jack, I don't want to have too much money. It'll, it'll change me. No, it won't. It just amplifies what you already have inside of you. If you're not faithful with $1, you're not going to be faithful with $100. If you are faithful with $1, you'll be faithful with a $1 million. Money's just a tool. Amen? Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Amen? Greater is he. My favorite verse, one of my favorite verses, Psalms 51, 6. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden parts you'll make me to know wisdom. Well, what's that mean? That means if I will purpose to live my life in the truth of God's Word, in the light of God's Word, Amen? If I will endeavor to seek the truth in every situation and every circumstance, that means that when I get into things where I don't know what to do, that light will shine so brightly, I'll see through wisdom how, what I'm supposed to do in that situation. I never come up to a situation and say this, I don't know what to do. That's one of the worst things we can ever do as a believer, is say, I don't know or I don't know what to do. I always know what to do, because I have the truth of the word inside of me. Now, I might not be able to make a decision at that moment, but when I stop and get quiet and get silent and listen, that truth is going to lead me to make the right decision. But I have to have the word inside of me first. Listen to me, this is really good. The Hebrew word for truth is the word emmet. Emmet. Anybody know anybody named Emmet? Your name, Truth. Amen. And the Lego movie, Emmett. You'll get that on the way home. Listen to me. The word Emmett is spelled with the first, the middle, and the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet. 
Let me read that again. The word emmet is spelled with the first, the middle, and the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Rabbis concluded that truth upholds the first and the last of God's creation and everything in between. Everything in between is held up by the truth. Amen? Everything. John 17, 15 through 17 says, I do not ask that you will take them out of this world, but that you will keep them and protect them from the evil one. Verse 17 of John 17 says, Sanctify them, purify them, consecrate them, separate them for yourself, make them holy by the truth. Your word is truth. How do I walk through this world, and even though I'm walking through evil, don't let evil get inside of me? How do I walk through a world where there's going to be circumstances and opportunities where people are hurting and dying, where a 1,000 are falling at my side and 10,000 at my right hand, but it shall not come near me? How do I get to that point? By the truth. We have to walk in the light of the truth of the Word, even to our own hurt. I have to lay down my opinions and my will and my religious thinking and traditional thinking, and I have to find out from the Word what does the Word say about my situation. If I'm going into a hospital and they're telling me that it's a life or death situation, I cannot at that point begin to wonder what I believe. I have to know the truth. What's the truth? The truth is, as Isaiah 53 says, Surely our griefs he bore and our sorrows he carried. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But here we go. But he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement for my peace was upon him. And by his stripes we were healed. That has to be a truth in your life right now. It cannot be a truth, one of many truths. I don't throw that in with all the other opinions and thoughts. It has to be the central part of what I believe, the truth of God's Word. I have to believe. Listen to me. There's not one person in this church that needs to end up a statistic. We were not created to just aimlessly walk through this world, and maybe we make it, and maybe we don't. You know, kids these days, you raise them up, but you know, when they get out, they just go do that crazy stuff. Bull. Train up a child in the way that they should go, and when they're old, they will not depart from it. We have messed up by creating this class called Teenager. These are young men and young ladies that need to be raised as young men and young ladies with the truth of God's Word. They believe Instagram more than they believe me. They believe Snapchat more than they believe me. Why? Because they're being told that in the multitude of voices is truth. That's not true. There was one Jesus. There was one truth. There was one word. Jesus didn't go to the disciples and go, and all of us agree. No, Jesus said, 
I am the way, the what? The truth and the? And the light. Amen? We need to be teaching our young men and young ladies the truth. Not a multitude of truths, but the truth. Amen? I'll finish with this. John 16, 33. A lot of people know the first part of this verse, but they don't know the last part of this verse. These things I have spoken to you that in me you might have peace. In this world you will have tribulation. And most people stop right there. Yes, Pastor Jack, we're having tribulation. Oh, yes, it's hard. Oh, yes, it's terrible. Oh, my gosh. But they never get to the second part of the verse. What's it say? I, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Yes, I, anybody that tries to tell you that you're going to walk through this life without ever experiencing any opportunities for hardship or circumstance, that's a cult. We are going to go through things. There are people in this room right now, you are going through things, and they are very real. And I hope in any way, shape, or form, I haven't diminished any of that today. I understand, but this is, see, Jesus, he felt everything that we did. He was tempted in every way. So that when we go to him, he doesn't just go, I don't know what that means. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I've been there. I know what that's like. I know what that feels like. I know what rejection feels like. I know what all these feel. I know what it's like to be tempted. So when I go to him, he's like, I got you. But greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. And this is what Pastor Michelle and myself are endeavoring to do is to teach you how to walk and live and overcome and be victorious in the Word of God. You got it. But you know what? I like cinnamon rolls. I really do. Big cinnamon rolls with icing and nuts. Some people like nuts. Some people don't. A little bit of butter. Making you hungry right now, aren't I? I like those. But if you give me the cinnamon roll and this thing of broccoli, oh, can we dip the broccoli in the stuff that we put on the cinnamon roll and make it? Our soul wants that cinnamon roll because it feels good and it tastes good and it makes me feel better for a minute. But what's better for me? The broccoli. I need to get where I want the pure milk of the Word of God. I need to get where I can take the Word. Listen to me. We all need to increase our ability to receive the Word, which means I have to make time for myself on a regular basis to spend time in the Word. It's good to have the Word taught to us and preached to us, but look at me. Every one of us has a Bible in our hands this morning. You have access to the same thing that I do. I wish the Apostle Paul would come sit with me every morning and share with me his great revelations. He doesn't do it. Well, he does, but he does it through Ephesians and Colossians and Philippians. I have to get in there on purpose. Listen to me. You want to revitalize and re restart your, your time with the Lord? Go into the Word on purpose looking for him. Not as just reading some historical record or just some good sayings for that day. If you will go into the Word on purpose and let Him speak to you, because when He speaks to you, that's where faith comes from. Just reading the Word doesn't build your faith. 
It's when he speaks to you from that word, that's where faith comes from. But it takes time to spend time in the word. Is anybody ready to get out of the Old Testament reading through the Bible right now? Oh my gosh. I feel like I have to take a shower after some of these books. I mean, I'm reading today, we're in Ezekiel today, and all of a sudden, it was yesterday, and Ezekiel's getting the vision of all the people of what they're doing in secret and who they're worshiping. I'm like, God's, don't you think that you can get away with nothing? God sees everything. And who you really worship at home is what he's looking at. He's not looking at it in here. He's looking at what we're doing when we're alone. That's who we really are. Who your God really is. I could just preach all day today. Y'all are doing so good, but let's not do that. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Pastor Michelle, we don't ever take for granted. We are honored that you come to church here. We are honored if you're a visitor today. Thank you. If, if you're you always welcome here, if this is the only time we ever get to minister to you, we consider that an honor that God allowed us to speak into your lives this morning. It's important for you to know who your God is and to be involved in a local church, whether it's this one or another one. It's vital. You need to be connected. We need to be serving in our church. We need to bring of our time and our talent and our treasury. We need to be connected to the body right now. It's vital. Thank you, Lord. We don't ever like to end a service without giving you an opportunity. If you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, if you want to know the greater one that lives inside of you, all you have to do is ask. God is such a gentleman. He's so caring. He's so loving. He's so considerate that he would never force himself upon any of us. And you get to do something that every person that has ever accepted Christ has done since the beginning of time. We have to ask him to come into our hearts. So if you would allow me this morning, if you'd bow your head and close your eyes for a moment, and just if you've never said this before, just repeat after me. Just say, dear Jesus, I want to know you. Come into my heart. I receive you. I accept you. I give you my life. I give you the steering wheel. You drive the boat. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me a hunger for your word. Baptize me in the Holy Ghost. And lead me to a good church. In Jesus' name. Woo! Woo! Praise God. Just worship God for a second. Something just happened right then. We receive that, Lord. We receive it. You be the captain of this ship, Lord. I don't want to do it. I'm tired of running into rocks and stuff. I'm tired of hitting icebergs that aren't supposed to be there. Lord, we give you our lives. We commit ourselves to you. Lead, guide, and direct us, Lord. I just pray for every person in this room. Lord, if you're struggling with where you're supposed to be or what you're supposed to do. I thank you that right now in the name of Jesus, God is revealing to you exactly where you're supposed to be. If you're wondering or wavering, don't be led astray right now by outside voices. Seek God first. Let him direct you and guide you of where you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to do. Don't let a spirit of offense drive you away from here. The devil is working overtime with offense right now. 
trying to move you from your promised place. And Pastor Michelle and myself, we just pray God's blessing, his health and his protection on you. You are the head, not the tail. You're above and not beneath. And you were created for more than you could ever know. Seek him first. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, God bless you. We love you. We are going to reinstitute. We're going to start doing our guest services again starting in September, which means if you're a guest, you want to come back next uh, next week because then we would uh, be able to take you back and give a gift to you and get to meet with you and fellowship with you a little bit more. God bless you. Jesus is Lord. We'll see you Sunday.